0: Hey, hey now,
1: hey now. An afternoon show.
0: I know. <laughs> I have some Costco being delivered, which shouldn't be too big of an issue, except I'll have to stop and go put the frozen stuff in the freezer. I don't, might not even get here. You
1: can't have those Haagen-Dazs defrosting <laughs> while we're recording. <laughs> no,
0: you're absolutely right. You're on to me. It's like Haagen-Dazs is uh. There's really nothing more important than a frozen Haagen-Dazs bar remaining frozen. Well, oh, especially
1: this time of year in this heat. Um, Scott Bass, we have NeedEssentialsUSA.com with us today. I just pulled up their last chance, last chance section of their website. Lots of summer options for you. You got the two-two thermal back zip short arm for 152 bucks. The two mil thermal jacket for 68 bucks the two mil full suit which we love for 172 uh these are last chance items so go grab them as quick as you can
0: holy mackerel i'm i just logged on because you mentioned it and um i'm gonna click on their little deal here last chance here we go need essentials i'm buying something who doesn't need a 68 back zip thermal jacket i do the water's That's, 66 degrees. That's the perfect little suit right there.
1: Yeah, it really is. I love the two mil in general. I've got the two mil short arm, but the two mil full is also a great little in-between suit. So um, last chance means they won't last long. So neatessentialsusa.com. That's for USA and Canada. And uh, yeah, go take advantage
0: of that. Yes. Need Essentials USA. Last chance. Go up there and uh, do something good with Mm -hmm. your life.
1: While we're talking last chance or sales, uh, real water sports. I don't know if you've ever clicked on their sales surfboards. I think they're mainly blemished boards. It might be some old inventory, but some of them just have a blem um, and they're minor. They document the blem. You could see photographs of it, but the deals are just smoking. Um some of these Smith shape boards for under 500 bucks if you can believe that so brand new but 32% off. He's got some Rossens available uh for discounted not quite as heavily but still 10 and 18% off. Uh so go check that out on realwatersports.com as well.
0: That's I'm looking at it and I'm frothing. I have a Smith shapes and I love it. And of course there's this Ross and Sniper and, you know, what's cool is that in the bottom right corner, they have the leaders and a little black tab, which is kind mm-hmm. of a cool thing, actually, because it makes, it kind of helps me a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, not without even clicking on the individual page of that board, just as listed as one of the obvious things on the thumbnails. So that gives you a real quick way to be able to search it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, smoking deals again. And these are long time. Um, partners and sponsors of ours realwatersports.com and USA.com. so by supporting them not only are you supporting us but you're getting yourself honestly the best deals around so
0: go check them out i'm checking them out <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally checking them out right now holy mackerel The good news, last time we were like, who really was the first person to say, yeah, guy? And a friend of mine um, on Instagram or somehow got a hold of me and goes, hey, we both know who it is who is the very first person to utter the phrase, yeah, guy. And David, you won't know who this is, but his name is Jimmy Bear and he's a legendary north county north san diego county coastal guy he works at um seaside market and there's no doubt in my mind that jimmy bear is the guy who came up with the yeah guy phrase and so shout out to my good friend jimmy bear um uh, he deserves all the credit for this because he's the guy and at some point we got to get him saying yeah guy.
1: can you tell the story of his very first yeah guy I don't, well, what, I don't know. I don't know. Just it. paint a picture. Give us, make one up. What would be, what would here's, the here's be. Here's probably what
0: went down. You know, he's like 15, 14 years old. He's probably walking down the stairs at stone steps. Um, You know, some Grom maybe or somebody got a sick one on the inside and he's walking up the steps towards Jimmy bear and Jimmy bear, Sort of knows the kid, but doesn't know his name and just went, yeah, guy! That was a sick (laughs) wave. Yeah, I saw you get that barrel. Yeah, that was fucking unreal.
1: (laughs) I bet he even said it when the guy got the wave. Like, to nobody. Just out into the ether. He just saw the wave and was like, yeah, guy. And then he re-delivered it once he saw the guy.
0: Maybe, but um, Jimmy Bear is the sweetest, coolest cat in the world, and everyone's a Everyone is a fan. He's one of those guys that's just unreal guy, you know, super, super good guy.
1: So, is his last name actually Bear?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's not just
1: I, because it's a cool nickname. If his name was Jimmy Bear,
0: no, his name is Jim Bear. Jimmy gotcha,
1: Bear. gotcha. Um, nickname that doubles, real name that doubles as a nickname. Um, we also have a couple follow-up things to hit on real quickly. There's 24 hours left for listeners to get that album free wing. So by supporting our podcast at five bucks a month, um, gets you entered to win these surfboard giveaways that we do. And an album free wing is quite the get. They are a hot commodity. And there's probably a long wait list. If you needed a custom, it would probably take you quite a while to get one of those. But you can get one from us in two days if you win that giveaway. Uh, you're automatically entered to win by supporting, but then we just randomly select one person to win. So get in on that. And then I've got a John John trade in Pizel to give away next month, which is pretty cool, too.
0: Holy mackerel. You know what? You, all you got to do is be a subscriber to our shows, to David's shows and my show shows. I have two shows and uh, you're entered to win new surfboards we're giving away surfboards it's like christmas every month here it really is
1: yeah um and we were talking last week about you i think brought up it'd be so cool if there was a fin demo program so you could swap out fins try new things all the time we got contacted by used surf which is in a retail store in san Clemente. so this is not a paid advertisement from them but this is for our listener Uh, community to utilize. Apparently used surf has been doing a demo program for the last few years. And I guess it's five bucks for five weeks. Uh, You get to choose a different set of fins each week. And then at the end of your demo, if you decide that you wanna buy a pair, that five bucks that you spent for the rental program goes towards the purchase itself. Or you can just roll over another, spend another five bucks for the next five weeks and keep trying fins. So really, really cool resource for anybody who's in San Clemente. Check that out for sure.
0: It really is. Uh, I got the same email and um, it, it's, a, it's a sick thing. But what I want to do though, like my vision of this, like if, I, if we could paint the perfect vision, my vision is you show up at the beach with your one or two surfboards and there's this guy in a little kiosk and he's got every friggin' fin in the world and there's no money exchange. It's like more of a demo vibe. And you just go up there and you're like, let me try these ones. And you pop, you know, pop them in and you go ride for three waves, come in. So that by the end of your hour session, you're, you know, okay, these are the fins that I really dig. You know totally. what I mean? And that's sort of, like I said, that's like best case scenario. If I could, you know, paint some perfect way to do it, that would be it. But use, the guys at USURF have a great program for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a a good in-between from what you're describing to what exists elsewhere, for sure. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. From a user standpoint, that would be the quickest way to kind of learn what your your needs are or what fits best. I mean,
0: I've got right here, I've got a massive drawer filled with fins. All I should do is take the drawer down to the beach with my board and do what I'm saying, for God's (laughs) sake. You're
1: you're the guy. All you need (laughs) is a kiosk.
0: I need a kiosk. I'm light one kiosk. Otherwise, this thing would be happening. Given the boardroom show, what you do with the boardroom show, I, I think you could come up with a kiosk. I agree. I could probably use the parking kiosk at Cardiff, which <laughs> doesn't ever get used. There's nobody ever in there.
1: That's funny. Um, that, speaking of the boardroom show, gosh, it's oh a beautiful surfboard behind you.
0: Look at that thing.
1: Holy guacamole.
0: That's a uh, Ryan Birch, 6'6", 19 inches wide quad fin. That's just an insane board for a good young surfer that weighs, you know, 160 pounds, which isn't Um, me.
1: You say it's a Ryan Birch, but it has a Pat Rosson logo on it.
0: Yeah, it's one of the ones that Ryan Birch shaped in the shape off at the boardroom show in the icons of foam presented by U.S. Blanks. Um that's the semi-finals board. And I've got four of them. I've got that Birch there. I've got a Bill Barnfield. I've got a Timmy Patterson and I've got a Chris Christensen. They're all four of the same exact board. They have different color jobs, but they all have that Tom Carroll kind of vibe to them. And um they're for sale, man. If you want to buy one, shoot me a shoot me a uh email or whatever and we'll chat. Yeah. That's
2: good, good price,
0: good pricing. Good for price. you for you special deals. yeah okay. yes,
1: um yeah i mean that's a one-off i mean again ryan birch shaped uh ross and replica is literally a one-off
0: um i swear and- if you're going to indo or you're going to mainland mexico or where else would you go in the summer chopu fiji and you're a red hot surfer this quad fin is the board for you six six 19 inches wide, you know, two and a little bit less than two and a half inches thick, maybe two and a half. It's a sick board.
1: And uh, you mentioned Patterson being a uh, contender that year. He's the honoree this year.
0: That's right. Timmy Patterson is our icon of foam coming up here in October. And I did a podcast with him. You were kind enough to publish it yesterday or Monday. So it's available to listeners, the boardroom podcast. And Timmy has, like, you know, since 1940, the Patterson family's been building surfboards. So this guy's got an insane legacy and genealogy. He's got surfboards in his DNA, and um, and he's a great guy. Everyone loves Timmy, and, and he's an incredible sur- uh, shaper, and a good surfer, and, you know, the guy who shaped. The only guy, well... Matt Biolas has done this too, but Timmy Patterson is the Timmy and Matt are the two shapers that have shaped a surfboard for the gold medalist, the Olympic gold medalist and the world champion. And for Matt, it's Carissa Moore and for Timmy, it's Ila Ferreira. Incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, Timmy's been around for such a long time and it's rad to see him currently At the zenith of his career, you know, like you would have thought back when he was building boards for Archie or Pat O'Connell. It's like, oh, that would be the highlight of anybody's career. And this is 20 years on from that, maybe 25 years on from that. And he is still setting the level of the performance
0: standard. Absolutely. Jimmy Patterson, he is our honoree this year. So we're super excited about that. And We've got Tokuda-san coming over from Japan. He's the Japanese uh, champion at the boardroom show we did in Tokyo. And so we've got him and Ryan Birch and then six other guys that Timmy's going to pick to uh, replicate some of his classic boards and to lift up the, the art of surfboard building. And, um, and this is what we do at the boardroom show. It's, it's basically the trade show for the surfboard building, the surfboard manufacturing industry. It is their trade show. Every industry has a trade show. If you build surfboards, this is your trade show. You should consider uh, coming down and checking it out.
1: Absolutely, a who's who of the surf world is there, um, and a lot of listeners too. A lot of podcast listeners come in for that. Um, so Scott, since our last recording, the Rio Pro has ended. Should we do our obligatory five minutes bashing how mediocre <laughs> the surf is?
0: <laughs> nah. No, I actually put something out on Twitter. I actually kind of enjoyed watching this, uh, this, this, uh, the final two days at least. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was like when I woke up, I would get a thing and said, Hey, it's on, you know, I get up at five and it would be on at seven 30 or whatever. So I'd be watching it while I was doing sort of my morning routine with, you know, with my emails and whatnot. And, and frankly, there were some good matchups, you know, um, and, you know, you wanted to see high flying Brazilians and that's what we got. And I'm good with that, you know, and you could throw in some surprises like Caleb Robson. And, um, you know, of course, Jack Robinson was right there. Um, and frankly, I don't know if Sammy Pupo is a surprise, but the Pupo brothers did a great job. They were right there in the end of the quarters or the semis or the finals. And um, of course you got Idolo, you know, there was sort of a, a curveball after Gabe lost, you know, he's Gabe Medina's got a hurt knee now. Um, And, and Felipe Toledo took it to the house the way everyone expected. And with all of that um, pressure sort of on Elo Uh, and maybe not that much pressure, but I mean, he's expected to win and he does, you know, that's the thing about him. He seems, he seems unstoppable. I would suggest to you that if, in a weird way, it's kind of cool, the final five, right? Because it does put a lot of pressure on you if you're the number one guy. You know what I mean? Like, I know you only have to serve one round, but three,
1: two heats, maybe two three heats.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: Um, so, well, who's the guy? No, Felipe.
0: I mean, I'm sorry, Felipe.
1: So, Felipe, this is his fourth win in Rio. So, you're right. He is certainly the guy to beat. Um, but I was talking about leading into the El Salvador event. I mentioned to you that Felipe's biggest competitor at El Salvador was going to be the judges because he's surfing against their expectations of him. So again, if Nat Young does a air reverse on a wave, they're giving him an eight, almost no matter what the air, how big it is or whatever. Felipe Toledo can do a, you know, full rotation, huge air, and he'll get a six because it wasn't as big as one that we saw him do at the last event or whatever. Well, um, a listener called in. I'm not going to play his call, but his name's Frankie. He's from Argentina. And he was kind of saying he found that to be true at El Salvador, where even though Felipe was made the final and was surfing light years better than most, when you look at that heat against Griffin, it could be it was close, but it could be argued that Griffin is kind of getting It's it's exciting to see him reaching his potential. And so there is almost an extra point in your mind when you see him finish that ride. Felipe, you're expecting greatness. If he doesn't finish the ride, there's a point deduction almost, you know? So you could make an argument that Felipe should have won that event, whatever. But moving on to Rio, Felipe is undeniable. Like, I feel like the judges got it right in Rio. He convinced everybody watching, there was no other way. Every single heat peaking in the final, there was, you'd have to, it would be a complete robbery if you offered that to anybody else in any one of his heats. He absolutely showed up, blew up when everybody expected it. And there's no other options for the judges. Uh, He even got a 10. And that's kind of where we, where this conversation is going is you see him do incredible things and not get 10s. The 10 that he got, it was undeniably a 10. So yeah. it was yeah. great to see. Judges got it right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, that was one of those 10s where, and I, and I think all 10s should be this way. Like, if you have to kind of, like, determine whether it's a 10 and go yeah. to the video and look at the past rides, and no, it's probably not a 10. 10s, usually everyone just goes, no brainer. I mean, come on, that's a 10. And that's, that's the way this one was.
1: Well, you see him – I was literally walking Austin, had the thing on my phone. I hear them say Felipe's paddling for a wave. I look down, and it's just a closeout. You know, he's getting up on a left. It's a oh, it's head-high wave, and I can see within the frame of the initial shot, you could see the closeout coming directly at him, a right coming at him as he's going left. And I'm thinking, well, he's probably just going to kick out, or I don't even know if he has time to, like, really – position for an air on that thing but of course he does he hits it aims high goes so lofty so and inverted and, and fast, fast it was almost like he was it. at
0: his he was at peak speed when he was out of the wave totally so from before he even got to his
1: feet i was already like discounting everything about it just there's no way so every step along the way it blew my expectation of what I thought was possible, to be perfectly honest. And the air itself is on par with the greatest airs that we've ever seen. And so, yeah, it's a 10-point ride. But I do have to ask you, um, that feeling I had when I saw that section, I know that feeling of a closeout section coming at you. First of all, I wouldn't have even caught that wave. I would have looked at it and been like, no, no, not interested, it's a closeout. But you know when you're approaching a closeout that is kind of sizable and kind of throwing, the negotiation you do with yourself in your head about, should I hit this thing? Should I hit under the lip? Should I float it? If I float it, that'll probably be pretty safe. I've never once thought about going to the air on one of those sections, but you know, that anxiety that you feel in your stomach with a big section like that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I'm all about like, what's my kick out going to look like, you know, like I'm trying exactly. to make the most stylish kick out possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm
1: usually sizing it up and trying to create a reason to not hit it. I'm like, okay, If nobody's watching, I don't have to hit that thing. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to go for the most critical part and get hurt essentially is where my brain is at nowadays. So to think, so to see Felipe see the potential in that and not just hit the thing, but send it to outer space. And then by the way, have full control, fully understand where he's going with it. All of that was totally thrilling in the final, no less.
0: Yeah. It was, like I said, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the competition. You know, I enjoyed that. You knew that we had the, you know, the best aerialists in the world and they knew that they had to bring it. And I think a, a big part of it be- was the crowd. Like the crowd really had a part in, in the performances that we saw the, the crowd demanded that we see massive airs. You know what I mean? Like, and you, and the, and the competitors knew it and they rose to the occasion. So the WSL, the
1: organization, even before it was the WSL has advocated for that type of environment. That's why they run events at Huntington, you know, and why they haven't done it at G land or wherever else. Um, does it matter to you as the viewer?
0: I, I, well, I the I,
1: online viewer, the online viewer, I should say.
0: Um, I think they did a pretty good job of trying to convey the energy that the crowd provides for the competitors. Um, does it matter? I I sense that, and I know I'm sort of contradicting myself because in the past I've poo pooed these events, but I sense that w- if one event out of the eight is in this sort of frothing, you know, heightened, excited beach scenario where the competitors are feeding off of the energy of the Brazilians and the waves are good enough so that you're going to see some really crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cool. And I sense that I, I sense that like at Huntington beach, you're kind of getting the nine Oh nine crowd. That's just there for tattoos and free shit. I sense that the Brazilian crowd is like engaged in the sport, you know? Yeah, And so I, I was, I would, like I said, I thought, I thought I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed, and I, and I didn't necessarily go into it to, to like with that sort of attitude. I went into it like, Oh, okay. It's perfect timing. I'll just watch a few heats. And I yeah. found myself engaged in the next heat coming up. There were some really great heats, you know? So I don't know if I answered your question, but well, I enjoyed the competition and I'm talking about the final two days. That's all I watched.
1: I feel like whenever they've advocated for running events at places where they can get a beach crowd, I've um, disagreed with that That driver for them, because to me, it's not worth much. You know, the, the, the online audience is, there's no ceiling to how many viewers you can have online. There is at the beach. And so you should really be focusing the business for the online audience, uh, which would mean, run or in great waves, waves. Yeah. run in great waves, right? Yeah. Yep. To entertain the online audience. But what you said is so it, there is an element of truth to the idea that the crowd wow. is elevating the surfers performances, but I don't think you can sacrifice, you can't put that in front of quality surf. So if there's a scenario where you can get quality surf and get a crowd, fantastic. Pipeline's a great example. Let's do that as much as we can. But if it comes down to the exciting crowd at Rio or Cloudbreak, obviously Cloudbreak has to win. weighs way more heavily on the scale. Um, so, yeah, if you can have both, great. But I, I do think that they overhype the value of the crowd a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Look, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to – as far as I'm concerned, Brazil could be off the tour forever, and I'd be fine. I'm just saying the last well, again, couple of days that I saw it was I, I I enjoyed it it was entertaining
1: yeah and as as Socorama goes I mean that's kind of as good as the waves not as good as the wave gets but it was very good for there um, it's still not that great of a you know it's still what's crazy is watching that event or the last two events and watching the last two low level qualifying series event at Krui <laughs> and Neos I know I mean, it's absolutely firing. I'm watching the clips from those QS events going, Why are the world's best not running there?
0: I know. I, it's I, totally I know. insane. It's totally insane. It's kind of mind blowing. You almost get the sense that the social media guy at the WSL is like, You know what? Don't put up those clips in NEOS. <laughs> I really don't want anyone to see what we should well, be. They,
1: yeah, and they didn't run them on the WSL's main feed. They only run the clips on the WSL's QS Instagram, yeah. but to be honest, the clips are better than what the WSL is running on their main feed. Other than you know, Flea ten, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. That's kind of what we're going for, and uh, we've been you know hammering this for a long time. But it's not brain surgery. You know, how about perfect epic waves with ten or twelve well, of the best surfers in the world?
1: So here's what's interesting. Felipe has locked in his uh, finals day spot, yeah. so he is in finals day based on the forty thousand points that he's already accumulated. Yep. This means if Fiji is pumping, he could actually sit out the event.
0: Chopu, yeah. If Chopu's, I'm pumping, sorry, yeah,
1: Chopu, yeah, that's yeah,
0: right. He could sit out the event, and and frankly. Somebody besides us, maybe it's Chaz at Beach Grid, or maybe it's somebody over at Stab, whoever it is. I don't even care. But they need to put pressure on Felipe, and and the story needs to get out there. The story, and frankly, the WSL should be pushing this story, that there's a monkey on Felipe's back, and nobody wants an asterisk on this world championship. So go out there and Make the semifinals or better in six to eight foot chopu and take yeah. off deep, pull in deep, release your hands from the rail, stand up in that thing like friggin' Andy Irons and come spitting out for three or four heats in a row, and all will be good. But totally. that needs to be, we need to put some pressure on Felipe. That's the story right now in my mind. And I was explaining this to a non surfer the other day, they were asking me about. Felipe and I was explaining it to him like yeah he's great but here's the deal
1: yeah um I'm going to talk about the rankings going into Tahiti in a minute but or going into J-Bay and its implications for Tahiti in a minute but let's talk about Gabe um you mentioned that Gabe is injured he got injured in well he finished 17th so he lost in the elimination round and he was Apparently sustained the injury in that round. Um, just a direct quote: the MRIs revealed that it's a grade two or grade three ligament tear, the same injury that John John sustained at Garajon and on the same exact leg, according to the WSL. Medina underwent MRIs on both knees and um uh he will return for medical evaluation in 2 weeks for a more accurate prognosis but in this scenario Gabriel is out of the J Bay event um he's mathematically now out of contention for finals day so we were claiming that Gabe you know would make a big run at Rio potentially win Chopu potentially win J Bay and be there at finals day that is completely out of the question now but even before this injury, I was going to argue, he just looked very unlike Gabriel. Do you have thoughts on his performance at Rio?
0: I would agree with that. I mean, last week I was saying he's the guy to beat. And yeah, I I didn't sense that there was, I don't know if it's a mental fire or if maybe there was some nagging stuff that was playing on him or he's now into his third event or whatever it is of the season. And he's forgot what it takes to travel and do all of the shit. And he's not really on his, on his game as far as logistics and operations. And it's, and that carried over into his performances in the water. Um, But I, yeah, I didn't, I remember myself kind of going, okay, Gabe lost. I wasn't like going, oh man, it seems like he got ripped off. It was more like he underperformed.
1: Totally underperformed. I was watching that. heat. he had ample opportunities. I think he served six waves where he was trying to get a mediocre score. He was just trying to land in air. He couldn't land in air.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I don't know where the injury took place in the course of that. Um, Cause he didn't look injured when he was up on the up and riding. It didn't look as though that it not landing the air was related to the injury or any injury at all. And even the first wave that he got in the heat, he cracked it twice, did not look like himself. And then he claimed it like the first crap he had or first crack. It was a snap. He had this weird like head twitch kind of like body English that he threw into it that just looked funky. And then at the end of the wave, he claimed it. And I was like, whoa, he's claiming a five right now, you know, Um, and him not landing those airs just showed either being out of practice or a lack of confidence in my mind. So I was really surprised to see this. I wonder how much the injury is related to off season, not training. You know, if you're keeping your body fit throughout, then uh, you're keeping your muscles strong, the tendons between those strong, then you prevent injury. If you're just hanging out and partying, which he documents pretty well on Instagram, and then go out and push your body really hard, that's where injuries are liable to happen.
0: Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, that's a possibility. And I mean, look, if you look at, um, you know, world-class athletes, no matter what sport, whether it's the National Football League or NBA or baseball or soccer, um, mixed martial arts, whatever, the guys that are at the pinnacle are super hyper-focused on every aspect of being the best athlete in that sport they can be. So there's, not a lot of partying but there is like and kelly's this way watching what he what they eat making sure they're stretching making sure they're working out making sure like every action of the day is geared towards this thing which i'm trying to attain which is the world title or the world championship and when you come into a season halfway through and you're kind of like i'm back whatever and i've been doing this and i've been doing that and you know I, i just think headspace isn't there you know and the body isn't there.
1: And I think that uh, Kelly does exactly what you said, even in the off season.
0: Yeah, that's you his know, Kelly, lifestyle. That's it really is. Lifestyle.
1: It really is. And so I wouldn't fault Gabe for doing for taking some time off in the off season. But the reality was he took an extended off season. And so it wasn't just two months out of the year that he was taking it easy. He was, you know, six months, eight months, whatever it was. And, yeah, he just doesn't look at the same level that he once was or when he was winning a title
0: anyways. I, I see Gabe as, as a potential excellent uh, spoiler here as we come into who's going to make the final five, knowing that, you know, let's assume Jack Robinson's got it tied up too. Um, but, you know, you, you look at Griffin and Ethan who are four and five, and then you look at six through t- – 10, oh, here comes my uh, Costco delivery. Anyway, let's- Do
1: you want to take a break? Take a commercial? Yeah. How long do you need?
0: Not too long. I'm going to try to rush through. The, I'm just going to get the stuff into the refrigerator.
1: All right. Scott Bass, waterwaystravel.com, Bali, Caroline Islands, Ecuador, Fiji, Maldives, Marshall Islands, Mentoaz, uh, Mexico, Nicaragua, South Africa, Panama, Papua New Guinea, Peru, Samoa, Sumatra. Okay. Should I keep going? Where else? Oh, we my God.
0: At? All of those places are insane. You want to go to all of them. And I've been to a few of them and I know you have too. And uh, the thing about waterways travel is experts in the field. You don't want to leave your travel to, you know, Johnny come lately or whatever. You need experts in the field. Waterways travel, Sean Murphy and his crew, they've been doing it for probably three decades, maybe longer.
1: Yeah. 1994. So coming up on it. Right. Yeah. Um, crazy. So uh, save time, save money, strike mission. You don't have time to waste. You can't show up somewhere, have it be flat. It's a waste of a trip when you could have been at home with a family or whatever, save time, save money, waterways, travel.com.
0: And by the way, this Southern hemisphere season has been really good. So a lot of people looking at the, uh, the map and looking at those purple blobs and making strike missions and waterways travel, one stop shop.
1: Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team, fast and for free. frozen items all secure
0: yeah good but what i was Um, saying was i see gabe as a as a spoiler coming in and there's some other guys that are going to be able to play the spoiler role and really as fans and as the wsl we should be you know if i was creating the content there i'd be really looking at who the spoilers are going to be you know because that's going to be a fun thing to watch
1: well gabe can't spoil while he's injured or in 23rd no, it, place
0: no but it, he could be a no he could be a spoiler he could at be a Tahiti yeah like like if there's somebody that's you know needs a result to get there to break through into the top five and he draws Gabe at Tahiti you know like Sammy Pupo or somebody you know
1: well Gabe, Gabe yeah, Tahiti's shut, is only his only option for sure to spoil any can there um because he comes seed, back you know his from
0: his, yeah, if he comes back from injury, his scene right. is such that he will get, you know, Ethan Ewing in an early round heat, you know. Totally. And Ethan's trying to hold on to that spot, and, get, and all of a sudden you got Gabe when you were expecting like Kyle or, you know. Yeah. Like, so, anyway, I see Gabe as, as you know, potentially we're going to see him play that role. And I hope he does come back and, and, and be a part, become, you know, as a part of the Tahiti event.
1: I hope he does too. And looking at that top five, Currently, it's Felipe, Jack Robinson, Edalo, Griffin, and Ethan Ewing. Um, interestingly, I see I could see Edalo kind of getting bumped out of this. Looking at J Bay, Felipe's won the event. Jack Robinson's style of surfing, Griffin's style of surfing, Ethan's style of surfing, all suits J Bay down to a T. Idolo, he's got a backhand game and he's won at Bells and he, you know, he could do well there, but I don't feel he's just not in the best place. His surfing isn't the best it's ever been. And I don't think that he's who I would bet money on. I could see somebody like Kanoa who's sitting right outside. He's in sixth place. He needed a big result that he didn't get in Rio. I could see him making a rush. I could see Idolo getting bumped
0: out. I was on beach grit um, yesterday. I think it was. And I didn't know this about Kenoa Igarashi, but he probably has the best beach grit nickname ever.
1: Oh, I don't even know it.
0: K-pop. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I saw that and just laughed out loud. I thought that was so great. Those guys, some of those guys are very clever. That but, is kind of funny. I mean, he's got but, the
1: K-pop look for he's,
0: sure. He's a total like, and he's got all of the, you know, like everyone fawning over him in Japan and stuff. Yeah, I, I. You know what's weird is like, is Kanoe Igarashi even on the radar? Like he's got, like I'm talking about others. I'm talking about Caleb Robson. I'm talking about Kanoe not even yeah. on my radar.
1: Which bodes well for him. It's nice to sneak in. Nobody's focusing on you. He's a he could do um, a stealth backdoor entry into that. And I can, and I think that he could do well in Chopu at Chopu as well. Um, I don't remember any of Italo's performances at Chopu. I know that he charges, but I don't remember him there. Griffin's got experience there. I don't know about Ethan, but going into J-Bay anyways, I could see, again, uh, Kanoa making the move. Here's what's interesting. Holy cow. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, Think about – talking about Kanoa's out of the conversation – where is Chloe and Dino in your conversational awareness? He has got four ninth places this year, two 17ths. I mean, Kaloe's out of the question entirely.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's, I mean, you bring up a great point. I, I mean, I'm sort of like dumbfounded. I don't know what to say, which kind of is a metaphor for, for, you know, for Kaloe. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's, it's, it's not even a soft point. disappointing
1: it's it's sad how far out of the conversation he is i mean obviously he had huge potential and aspirations and uh hopes pinned on him especially for being like the next california whatever but his underling the kid that he mentored griffin is kind of executing some of those expectations so i mean he's winning events coloe's never won an event
0: yeah yeah look i i'm not here to disparage coloe personally but um... Professionally, I, I think you no. Know, I know he's trying hard. You know, I know. You know, I, I think. You know, but I. Here's my thing about Edla. Let's go back to Edla, who's actually interesting.
2: He Zing. only has- not. I'm not here to
1: disparage him personally, but let's talk about somebody who's interesting.
0: No, no. I mean, it, like, is in the is in the is in the discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like Chloe's not in the discussion. If he's in the discussion, we would discuss him, but. He's surfed to a, pl- a place where he's not in the discussion. Idolo's problem is that he only has one speed. He goes full throttle each and every day, all day long, and it's to his detriment.
1: Completely agree. Well, it's been to his benefit at many times, but yeah, it's, I think it's hard to maintain that level of intensity and speed uh, for a long period of time. I, I just
0: feel like competitively, Elo feels like he's trying really hard. Like it's like yeah. every every wave he surfs is like, that's about as much as I can do right there, you know? And right. then he gets another wave. And it's like, he's like surfing so hard. Where, like, you know, you see Griffin, he's just kind of cruising and then and then cruising and then pacing. pacing and yeah. And, and even through the pacing of his actual heats and his performances, he's building up. These guys are Felipe's a great example of kind of building up to a to a crescendo towards the semis and the finals. is like, you know, round one, it's just like, oh, my God, I've done as much as I can possibly do on this wave. And every wave's like that. You're like, good Lord, I'm tired watching you, dude. It's exhausting, totally. Um, Pacing
1: will come into play at J-Bay, that's for sure. Um, Somebody who is absent but can definitely play a spoiler because he's way back in the rankings – Kelly Slater looking at yes. Jay Bay and yes. Tahiti huge yes. spoiler opportunities there. And, uh, these are pet events
0: for Kelly. And you, you know, what's so great about Kelly is like, Kelly's now the story and he really shouldn't be, but he is like, Kelly's kind of the story of J Bay to me. Like, how's Kelly going to do Jay Bay who we, we want to know because we haven't seen him in two events. Is he injured? Is he not injured? You know, uh, you know what I mean? Like he always. Do you think he'll be back from injury? Yes, absolutely. He's probably there right now. He's probably surfing. I mean, he's just he's... always the story, and he and 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 I say that because he he almost crafts the situation so that he's the story. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's definitely if you just look at uh, his career, you could definitely make that argument. Um, so he's not at J Bay right now. He's actually still in indonesia they posted footage of him from desert point like three days ago absolutely (laughs) shredding
0: no 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 he was in a physical he was on a rehab assignment at desert point right um
1: kelly is kelly is definitely not injured there's actually a lot of free surf footage of him out there and he's absolutely shredding uh having the time of his life good for him but thrilled to watch him return to competition at J bay
0: food for thought Mm -hmm. can he can he win J bay Yes. Yes. If he wins Jay bay he has 29,000 points. I haven't done all the math. I'm assuming there's some throwaways there, but he's, at, he's basically at 20 grand right now. He wins Jay bay He's at 30,000 points. Assuming, you know, some of these guys spoil some of these top seeds and we see some people drop down a little bit. Then he goes to Chopu. Oh, my God. Could Kelly make his way in? It's mathematically feasible and doable and plausible. Is it?
1: Yeah, is it? See, I love the idea of that storyline. Him winning J-Bay is very, very, very unlikely, even if the waves are pumping. Him winning Chopu, if the waves are pumping, is much more likely. Um, I think he's got that place dialed more than almost anybody on tour other than maybe John, John, and maybe Gabe. How about a um, semifinals
0: of Jay Bay and a win? At there children?
1: you go. Yeah. Quarters, and that puts, semis, him, that
0: that puts be, him right about 38,000 points.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting storyline. I would love to see it. I don't think it'll happen. Um, also, we have no idea what the forecast is going to look like for Jay Bay. If it's pumping, he'll show up. If it's not, I'd be... It'd be interesting if he just dodges that too. Uh, but talking, <laughs> about sto- talking about him staying in the talking about him staying in the storyline. Yeah. Part of the reason that he's in this storyline right now is because he's dropping these weekly episodes of Lost tapes. I watched. Which are them. compelling. Which one?
0: Number three. What'd you think? I think it's pretty good. Is that the most recent one? Yeah. I'm engaged in it. It's kind of cool. It. Only thing that bumps me out a little bit is how old it is. Yeah. And: um, And uh, other than that, I, what you mentioned last time really sort of showed itself to me, which is, I've missed watching Kelly Surf. Totally. And, and the lost tapes present this for us, which is cool, right? Totally. Yeah.: Yeah.
1: Episode three delivered more of that. Um, episode three also covers some of the Sonny Garcia uh, suicide attempt. Because yeah. that was happening while they were filming this. Yeah. And uh Kelly got a really dramatic phone call that they include. Um you mentioned you're bummed at how old it is. The title is Lost Tapes. <laughs> so, so they what? almost changed the title. Well
2: yeah.
1: I no, no, no. What I think happened after I talked to you about it, because I was like, I mentioned that how old it is and um when you look at the way that it's structured, it's structured like a TV show. They're twenty minutes long. They're structured like a TV show with uh, space for the commercials. They're all structured the exact same way. So I'm wondering if they actually shopped this around to different networks for a year and nobody bought it, and then they're sitting on it and you know COVID and they don't know what to do at that point, and then make or break happens. So I'm thinking that this was just shopped around and not supported by anybody. So it ends up going through the WSL's YouTube channel and then they rebranded as Lost Tapes. It's, you know? it's
0: pretty good. I mean, I, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I was just, I was just uh, Googling to see if Sonny Garcia is, what's going on with Sonny Garcia.
1: No updates.
0: Uh, um, he's conscious and is verbal and is receiving speech, occupational and physical therapy.
1: Um One thing that Derek did mention when he wrote about that was, uh, or actually when he wrote about lost tapes, Derek Riley, was that Sonny Garcia's recovery is being funded by his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Uh, I think her name's Lori Park maybe, who is an early software engineer at Google. So she had these vested shares in Google and now she's Uber wealthy. And uh, so she's the one who's, because all of this recovery and therapy is going to be, of course, wildly expensive. But um, I had no idea that he was dating her or anything about, no idea about their relationship. But that's an interesting little side note backstory on her,
2: you know. Mm. Yeah. Um,
1: And then the other thing that I thought was epic about that episode of Lost Tapes was, I wonder if this actually happened in real time or if this was a magic, the magic of editing but he talks about getting that call about Sonny and then going out to surf while Sonny's on his mind. And you see him doing these big Sunny hacks over and over again. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah.
0: He was surfing good during that. He's kind of talking if about that.
1: Yeah. Did that literally happen that way? Or was that a session that was completely unrelated that they just <laughs> put together to make it look like that?
0: I'm not sure. I'd like to think it, those, it really
1: happened that way. <laughs> I would like to as well. And what's funny is they might've foreshadowed it a little bit, but my brain went there, you know, when he's paddling out, I'm like, man, it'd be sick. Oh, it's a little right-hander. looks like Karamas or something. I'm like, I'd be sick if Kelly just did like a big sunny turn. And then sure enough, not only does he do one, he does like eight of them. Um, but yeah, he was surfing incredibly well. So in, in addition to the lost tapes thing and him staying in the conversation, Sports Illustrated just released a piece about him as well. uh, An interview uh, by a writer named Brian Sneed. Did you read this? No. It's pretty soft. Um, It's mainly Sports Illustrated introducing Kelly to their listeners, or I'm sorry, to their readers as the potential greatest athlete across any sports across all time because of his win at Pipe, Uh, right before his 50th birthday so that's kind of what the article is about is that event but the writer does spend time with kelly when he was in southern california for the oscars and um one bit one reveal that kelly gave to the writer was that kelly was suicidal at a certain point early in his career he talks about dealing with depression and he talks about um He had all of this accolade and fame and tremendous earnings for a few years, only to find out that he was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, either. I don't know if he was overspending or if he got an accountant did him wrong, but um, he went through a breakup and he was kind of disillusioned by the life that he had been living. So he found himself in Kulangata in a high rise late at night on the edge of his balcony, looking over, thinking. I could just end all this right now in a split second. And obviously he did not. That was the only time that he had ever felt actual suicidal, but he had been struggling with a lot of that depression uh, situationally. And so in regard to kind of how he dealt with that, he said, quote, to quell, or the article says, quote, to quell this, he tried therapy and antidepressants, but he didn't like how they numbed him. He cares too much about his body to escape into the drugs, and he found drinking's hangovers a waste of time. Instead, in these peaks and valleys, he said surfing became a place to funnel all of those emotions, redirecting him towards the waves. I learned how to focus and channel that energy into competition. It consumed me. I became really obsessive about it, end quote.
0: Yeah, it sounds a That sounds good. So surfing and competition was a, um, you know, I don't know, it was cathartic.
1: Yeah, I mean, incredibly so, like in in an obsessive kind of way. Um, I think if you look at his career, we know a little bit about his childhood upbringing and some of the dysfunction, and that's what compelled Kelly into the ocean in the first place and gave him a lot of that drive. And so to see him bump up against that again later in his career in a different way or later in his life in a different way and use that to propel him through the next phase, it seems that there's these moments that Kelly has where he has to kind of tap into something like that to drive him forward because what else could possibly compel him to do what he's done? You know what? You really need a driver. And so it's interesting to hear what those have been for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, he's a special guy and, um, and you know, he's done some special things in his competitive life and in his real life. And, and he found the motivation somewhere and we, you know, I think many of us, um, you know, have gotten pushed to a certain point in our lives where it's like, I've got to change this, you know, and changing it, um, is sometimes the motivation for, um, you know, getting on a better path.
1: Changing it in a healthy way, yeah, is an important decision.
0: Yeah. And so, obviously, hey, sir, it's cli- cliche to say that surfing does that, but it does. It does. It's cliche and it does. I'm actually cliche uh, for a reason. I've been asked to give a talk to the. Um, there's some conference or event these doctors of endo urology and uro technology conference is coming to san diego and they've asked you get me get that right i don't know but i'm i'm giving a talk and uh and i was kind of going through my talk and and it and it's like it's kind of cliche but surfing does do that you know
1: you want to test it out here no
0: <laughs> how about
1: conan Hayes? Why did they ask you to do it? Because um, of your surfing.
0: This,
2: I think because of the, sur-
0: the surf report that I do in the morning on KPBS. It's often. Um, I don't know. I get, you know, it it's kind of a different surf report. It's not your average. It's not rock and fig. Let's put that. One.
1: So what? Rest in peace. Uh, so what? What are they asking you to speak on, though?
0: The uh, surfing the the past, present, and future. 15. Interesting. Minutes. It'll be, I mean, hmm. I could do it right now. You know, yeah, the yeah. past it started in Polynesia, blah, blah, blah. Um Jack London, Mark Twain, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, Matson Cruise line, tourism in Hawaii, the princess went to Santa Cruz, surfing caught on with a small crew in the late 30s, early 40s. Um, World War II. Um, materials, fiberglass, foam, took over the wooden surfboard. Gidget, oh my God, the first, the, really the turning point in surf culture when we lost our innocence and um, the commercialization, the boom of surfing in the late 50s, early 60s, surf guitar ventures. And then the 60s, late, mid, late 60s, the same cultural shift that was happening amongst the general society um, you know, found its way into the surf culture as well. And there was um, a transition that was occurring. And in this way, it was the shortboard from the longboard to the shortboard. And also some questioning of the commercial aspect of surfing, especially here in California. And then, um, let's see. the 70s, Felipe did a
1: crazy backside air.
0: <laughs> the early 70s um, started the sort of the germination of what was to be. Uh, uh, really, the first commercial, um, successful commercial professional sport league, which would be the IPS, which formed in 76, 77. And, um, and then that helped to germinate a, a, an incredible growth spurt in the, the surf culture through the commercialization of um, board shorts and all things surf and um and it went from being sort of like outlaw to mainstream and then in the 90s is really the story of the 90s is the story of kelly schlater and his the phenomenon there and the 2000s um we saw laird hamilton and tow and surfing and Waves ridden that we didn't think could ever be ridden, and big wave surfing took off, and um, the future of surfing is bright. We have to be wary, of course, of environmental concerns in the ocean. But what's happening is these wave pools you can go surfing in Switzerland, in Lemoore, in Waco, Texas, in Orlando, Florida, all landlocked areas, parts of Spain and in Europe, Melbourne, Australia all of these wave pools are, are generating uh, incredible interest. And um, in addition, you know, there's the foiling. And so you get the idea, David, that I've got a rough draft. I think I can, I can do this.
1: I think you can too. I like it. Fewer ums and only use germination once.
0: Okay. There's going to be a lot of ums. I, I, you know, I'm just kidding. There's going to be a I'm lot of I'm just messing ums. with you. Um, Oh, you said Conan.
1: Oh. You said Conan Hayes.
0: Oh my God, Conan Hayes! Tell me about Conan Hayes. So I was just randomly reading the New York Times this morning, and it was a story about election, the big lie, the election lie of Trump, and what's happening with the uh, Colorado had its, um, you know, its preliminary elections uh, yesterday, um, and somehow I'm reading about this woman and Conan Hayes pro surfer comes up and I'm like, what's this all about? Did you see any of this? Did you read what I sent you?
1: Yeah, I've been reading. I've been following that story for the last year or two. I think beach grit wrote about it at some point, but uh, Conan Hayes has been an advocate for this uh, stop the Steal" movement essentially as the storyline and meaning the Trumps, narrative of the election was stolen from me. Biden wasn't supposed to win. That was the narrative. And Conan Hayes has been pushing that narrative hard uh, behind the scenes and very subversively and criminally, potentially.
0: Yeah, criminally, potentially. So I'll read you this little excerpt from the New York Times this morning um, about some nefarious stuff that Conan Hayes was doing. Um, Let's see. Conan Hayes was a former pro surfer who had worked with Mr. Trump's legal team as it challenged the 2020 results. In 2021, Mr. Frank Byrne paid him around $200,000 to continue his work for a year, according to Mr. Byrne. According to an account from Mr. Byrne and confirmed by Mr. Hayes, he attended the trusted build on May 25th, 2021. Mr. Hayes called Mr. Byrne from inside the Mesa County election offices, speaking in a hushed voice and explaining that he'd been invited to make backup copies of machines by a government official who thought that a cover up was underway. When the two spoke over FaceTime, Mr. Byrne saw Mr. Hayes was dressed like a computer nerd, quote, and quote, and wearing someone else's identification tag. Ms. Peters had introduced a contractor at the event and identified him as Gerald Wood, a local IT consultant, according to court records. The real Mr. Wood, however, told investigators he was not there that day or two days earlier when his badge was used to enter a secure area by Mr. Hayes. Maybe give the listeners a cent. Maybe they don't know who Conan Hayes is. Why don't you give them that? And this is just mind-blowing that a former pro surfer from the Big Island is, like, in the middle of this Trump election scam, and he's he's pretending to be a computer nerd. Like, I'm thinking, like, Sterling Spencer with like, glasses on and, and like, a little button-up tie and, like, pencil holders. And, and just, like, went in there all nerdy.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's totally wild. Yeah, Conan um, – was kind of a goofy foot, kind of big wave charger from Hawaii, as you mentioned, and um, never a top level guy, barely, not even much of a competitor. I think he made a final, maybe. And uh, he won the Chopu. Chopu.
0: Event. He either won it or he got second to uh, Kobe Aberton. It was when it was a yeah. QS event
1: in like yeah, ninety seven or
0: ninety eight. It was massive. Yeah.
1: And then went on, kind of his biggest accolade is uh, he co-founded Ruka with pat tenori and so um they had uh i don't know whatever pat tenori seemed to buy conan out at some point so conan was only involved in the beginning of that company but he was certainly a founder and i think he made a little bit of money off that and then he's popped up in the news a number of times since then and um it's always kind of shady to be honest he's been involved in a couple of well, that one is. He's been involved in a couple of different criminal conspiracies. Um, I think one of them was just tax evasion at some point. But there's always he's always up to something. He seems to be a really interesting human being. I've never met him. Don't know anybody who spends time with him. But the things that he's involved with are, with are very bizarre.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to see this whole New York Times thing. I and mean, Poster for Conan Hayes well, this is just crazy. But anyway.
1: Hilarious. Yeah. Um, one follow-up real quick. Uh, we were talking about the NEOS comp on the women's side. I don't know if you noticed, Paige Harib won, but only narrowly over Encinitas' own Ella McCaffrey.
0: Really? Do you know Ella McCaffrey? I've heard her name. Um, isn't she kind of young?
1: Yeah, she's very young. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would just guess sixteen she's years like old 17, or something.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. She got it.
1: At, she got a super sick wave in the semifinals, um, like a perfect right barrel that she got like a nine seven for. Uh, so she was absolutely shredding. So shout out to your local girl.
0: That's cool. Well, yeah, I'm stoked for her. I, I'm not really sure who she is, but that's on me, not on her. I'm sure a lot of people do know. I'm sure, Chris <laughs> Cochet knows her.
1: Absolutely. Do you? Uh, did you hear the update from barton lynch yesterday
0: no what happened
1: i'm gonna play it for you it's not it's not bad so don't worry
0: um mean regards to the wsl commentating exactly that's exactly what it's (laughs) i just thought you
1: would want to see i thought you'd want to see him um we'll, we'll play it then we'll discuss Hi guys, I've been getting a lot of questions lately from people about my commentary and when they can listen to me, when I may be back in the booth and what the situation was there. So a couple of weeks ago, just to update you, I reached out to the WSL and offered my services, let them know that I was available for any upcoming events, but was unfortunately told that I wasn't needed this year. So I won't be back. I won't be commentating this year. And uh, while that's not Altogether, together to be unexpected, I suppose, you know, in reality, I'm uh, happy about the opportunities that that opens up for me to share what I know, what I see and what I understand of competitive surfing with people outside of that official capacity. So some great things we're working on. I'm gonna let you know about them very soon, but unfortunately I won't be back in the booth this year.
0: Have a great day, people, all good though. Love yous, bye. How great is that? That guy's the greatest ever. I love that. He really is. I feel
1: like that post alone, if I worked within the WSL, I'd be like, we need to reconsider everything because his energy, his look, like everything. I mean, and once he's in the booth, you and I have advocated in the past. He's one of he's one of our favorites. And so he's super qualified for the job. He does a great job at the job. And then that exact energy that he's bringing is what they want.
0: Yeah, but what was weird is like there was sort of some um, read between the lines stuff there. Like maybe he's going to be doing commentary with somebody else while the event goes on. Like he's got his own commentary. If you just want to hear his, like, did you sense any behind, like reading between the tea leaves there?
1: I was thinking more he was talking about maybe coaching or. Uh um, Yeah, Yeah. but I guess coaching doesn't preclude you from doing commentary, right? Because Ross Williams did double duty on both those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, at any rate, huge Barton fan. Um, My, my, uh, I've got a Duke of the Week. Yeah. It's an unlikely one, Uh, but I just saw it last night. Lily Miola, Matt Miola's sister.
0: Yeah.
1: Who is a phenomenal songstress, singer, guitar player, um, kind of a folk style of music that she performs. She was on. America's Got Talent this week, believe it or not. Oh,
2: cool. Big,
1: big national uh, TV show in America. And I don't know how the show works. I've never watched it, but apparently there is a very rare occasion to hit a golden buzzer. And El, Heidi Klum, not El McPherson, Heidi Klum is one of the judges and she hit the golden buzzer, which means it's like her favorite performance or something. And gold glitter flies out of the ceiling It's a sight to behold, and it's a rarity. And Lily Miola won that honor from Heidi Klum this week.
0: Oh, that's cool. Good for her. Congratulations to Lily. And I know she's a spectacular talent. And um, that's great.
1: So she is. And um, she's been on the upward trajectory of that singing career for a long time. And this is probably going to push her right over into mainstream superstardom. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but their mother, Matt and Lily's mother, Nancy, was the personal assistant for Shep Gordon. And Shep Gordon is the superstar, super famous uh, music producer behind um, Alice Cooper, uh, I think Janis Joplin back in the day, Teddy Teddy Pendergrass, all sorts of people. So he lived on Maui and the Miolas, their mom, Nancy, was his personal assistant so Lily has access to the music world via Shep and then of course Willie Nelson lives on the island and then his son and uh Lily were doing some collaborative stuff for a while so she's had these kind of access into the professional scene but I think the this uh America's Got Talent thing will absolutely shed a huge spotlight on her so
0: that's cool and you're right there's a whole scene there on Maui where there's like um, you know synergy and and uh, you know where really wealthy connected entertainment people own homes and they happen to be living next to Jerry Lopez and the Miolas and they all and these you know rich entertainment pi- types they want to they're fascinated by the whole surf culture on Maui and the whole you know waterman culture and they all get so there's a lot of you know, Willie Nelson and his sons or Jerry Lopez's neighbors. And I'm sure that yeah. there's probably a community there that's just, where there's a lot of that, you know, cross pollination. Access. Yeah. Well, Access is an opportunity. I've got a must see moment. And I just watched the show and I didn't, I was, I had heard about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Maybe I'll watch that. And I watched it and I couldn't not, I couldn't stop watching it. And the show is on. I think it's on Prime Video. Regardless, it's called The Offer. Have you heard about this show?
1: Yeah, it's on um, Paramount Plus.
0: Paramount Plus, which makes sense, because it's about the making of The Godfather. And I had heard about it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's not going to be as good as The Godfather, so why should I watch it?" And I had that horrible thing, which is contempt prior to investigation but my wife and I dug into the very first episode and we couldn't stop watching it. Like I rarely binge this hard, but I was binging hard on this show. I think it's 10 episodes, really, really good shows. If you're into filmmaking and you're into, you know, I just thought it was good. I thought it was fascinating. It's very, very unique. Look at what happens behind filmmaking and specifically the godfather of the movie and all the drama behind how that movie got made.
1: Yeah i'll second that for sure um not to name drop on you or anything but we're actually friends with the lead actor in that show what's his name miles teller
0: he's the guy that was al ruddy
1: yes exactly
0: yeah he was great he's
1: he's, a tom cruise's son in the new top gun movie
0: right yeah good good stuff Great show. Yeah. I love the shit out of it. And by good. the way, Top Gun Maverick is insane. Super good fun movie. Oh we God.
1: haven't seen that yet either.
0: You gotta see that in the big screen with the friggin' relaxed chairs, with the friggin' woofers right next to you. It's so good.
1: Yeah, we will I think it's again because of that connection, we're obligated and we wanna see it, but um haven't you left can't. the house. I mean, gotta can't get go to the movies show. with a baby.
0: You got to get, exactly. get a baby. You got to get exactly. All right. Well, God.
1: So, good show.
0: Yeah, good show. Good show, David. All right. Well, look. Until next time. Adios, and
2: aloha.
1: Don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com/surf. That's linkedin.com/surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.